0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace, to those on whom his favor rests. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned for the true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world.
1: Well, Merry Christmas. It is so good to have you with us here in the room and those of you who have joined us online, thank you so much uh, for taking part of your weekend, your family gathering, uh, your celebration to be here today. What we do in this room and online, we gather together to remember and to celebrate, but it's not just us in this room and those online. Uh, We gather as well with others around our community. This morning I was texting several of my friends who are pastors here in Watkin County, just letting them know I'm praying for them as they uh, present the message of Jesus in their churches. And so we join with others in Watkin County, and it's not just Watkin County, it's throughout our state, throughout our country, and actually throughout the entire world on every continent and every ethnicity, every language group, every people group, and and, uh, all throughout. There are people gathering to celebrate this, and then some are gathering in large gatherings in big cathedrals with elaborate celebrations, and some are in small, humble huts and gatherings with a few people here and there. But gathering to celebrate the birth of a child that took place 2,000 years ago. If you just stop and think about that fact, that right now, today and tomorrow, all across the globe, literally millions and billions of people will be gathering for one specific purpose, to celebrate a birth that happened two millennia ago. And not just that, but people have been gathering like this for hundreds and hundreds of years to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I'm glad that you're here to be a part of what's going on across the globe and throughout human history about the birth of this child, to celebrate that today, and I, I'm glad you're here. For some of you, you come for different reasons. For some of you, this is your once a year whether you need it or not, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad your annual tradition continues on. Uh, for some of you, you're here to, uh, to assuage some guilt, and well, okay, any way we can help. Uh, glad you're here. Some of you, I know, let's just be honest, some of you don't wanna be here. You had some external pressure a person, a family member, the rest of the family, whatever it might be. And, and it's, it's amazing the lack of shame of the links that they will go to to get you here. I mean some of it is coercion, manipulation, bribery and blackmail. And, and if that's you, first of all, I'm sorry. I, di- I didn't put them up to that. But can I just say I am really glad that you're here. I really am, I'm glad. And I wanna say, if you fall in that category, if you're like, I don't really wanna be here, can I just give you a word from Scripture? I know you might even be saying, I'm not sure that I believe Scripture. You're gonna love this one. Fear not. (laughs) Uh, We're not gonna do anything weird. We're not gonna make you come up here. We're not gonna embarrass you, not gonna oppress you. I'm just glad that you're here. We're here to celebrate this birth. We're here to celebrate a gift. And I've gotta, for, for those of you who are familiar with this story, you know that it is the first and best Christmas gift that there ever was. And for some of you who are familiar with our church, I have a secondary gift for you. This is gonna be a short sermon, relatively <laughs> short to what I normally do. No Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry- Why are you clapping? Oh, I'm crushed. Don't clap about that. We're gonna talk about this gift. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, at first glance, at that indescribable gift, is like this must be amazing. But I was thinking about that. The word indescribable can mean a lot of different things. I mean, have you ever opened a present and you're like, I don't even know what this is. I mean, it's homemade, obviously, but I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what you do with this. That's, that's an indescribable gift. Not a good thing, necessarily. Or maybe it's a gift you're like, okay, oh, uh, thanks, I guess. Why, I, 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 no words. Indescribable gift. But when we read this in scripture about this indescribable gift, it's this off the charts, over the top, can't imagine, it's unbelievably great, this indescribable gift. Have you ever received one of those? You know, this time of year, every year, starting in about November, there are these commercials about a snowy Christmas morning, and you walk out the front door, and there in your driveway, it's usually a Lexus or a Mercedes with a big bow. Like, that happens? (laughs) I've never met. I've never ever met anyone who walked out on a snowy Christmas and had an Alexis or a Mercedes with a big red bow saying Merry Christmas. That's an indescribable, now I will say this. If after this service I walk out in the parking lot and you guys (laughs) have done that for me, I won't use this illustration in the last service. Just just saying that, but that would be an indescribable. Speaking of cars, have you seen that Chevrolet commercial this year? Come on, it's, when they've got a title, it's not a commercial. It's a story, it's called Holiday Ride. It's about a 1966 convertible Impala. And I had heard about this commercial. Friends of mine, friends of mine on Facebook would say, hey, I watched the Chevy commercial, lost my man card. Okay, Someone would say, if you watch the Chevy commercial, if, if, listen, I'm just saying, if you haven't seen it tonight, Google it, if you don't know what Google it means, ask your grandchildren, you've gotta watch this thing. So I'm hearing all about this commercial, about this holiday ride. I'm like, well, I ought to watch it, I guess. And so I Googled it, pulled it up on YouTube, whatever. I'm watching it, and I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, lost my man card, have tissue ready. These are all the things I hear. I'm watching this thing, and it's not a 30-second 30 30 spot. I'm watching this thing, and I'm getting a lump in my throat, and I'm singing the song you better not cry. And now this whole thing, and the more this, this goes on, I, 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 like my inner Grant Fish book comes out, I'm just, by the end of it, I'm, I'm crying, my eyes are sweating, I'm leaking, you know I mean, this thing is amazing, I gotta shut this thing and clear my eyes off on this thing. It's just not even fair. That, that feels like this indescribable gift. Like, wow, that's just amazing. And this year, I mean, I guess what I've heard is that the really indescribable gift is cream cheese, But what the scripture is talking about far exceeds even a Mercedes, a 66 Impala, or a brick of cream cheese. And what's amazing about this gift is that it was never ever meant to be a surprise. You know, for some of you, there's never a surprise. You've you've already rattled, you've shaken, you've decided, and you guess it and you ruin it for everybody. Some of you, you know, you in fact, you bought the gift, you gave it to them to give to you. You don't like the surprises, that's fine. You would love this gift because it was not a surprise. In fact, 700 years before the gift arrived, there was like this spoiler alert, here's the gift we're giving to you. It's found in Isaiah, and it says this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. I'm telling you right now what the gift is. There's there's an indescribable gift coming. I'm gonna tell you what it is right up front so you know it's a son. It's gonna be this child that's born, that's the gift. Now you don't know when this is gonna happen. And for 700 years, people waited, they anticipated, they longed for, they prayed for, they hoped, they began to doubt, they began to question, will this ever happen? And then, the gift arrives. Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. And what's fascinating to me is that there's really a very small amount of attention given to the birth of Jesus in the New Testament. I mean, like, just a few pages, there's four chapters. Matthew one and two, and Luke one and two. That's it. There's not a lot of time given to this this birth in the Gospels. And today, I don't want to look at all four chapters. In fact, today, I really wanna look at four verses. And of those four verses, there's actually four words I really wanna point out because it's a phrase that I think can really change our lives. And what I wanna look at is a passage that's probably really, really familiar to most of you. If you've ever gone to a Christmas store, a Christmas service, it's the passage that Linus quotes in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. And if you've never seen that, after the, the Chevrolet commercial, go watch that one. That's a good one too. But he quotes this, and that's, why I think, why people are most familiar with it. It comes out of Luke chapter two. We're only gonna look at four verses. I'm picking up in the middle of the story, Luke chapter two, verse eight, and it says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, many of you, like, you know that, you've heard that, that's great. And there's something to me about the shepherds. I'm drawn to the shepherds in the story. And the older I get, the more I love the shepherds in the story. There are a lot of great characters in the Christmas story. We'll just, I mean, it's the foregone conclusion. Jesus is our favorite. But there's also Mary and Joseph, and, and they're, they're, they're amazing. And, and, the, and the wise men, the magi, unbelievable. And then there's Anna and Simeon. They don't get much time because they come after New Year's. So anyway, um, but but these shepherds, there's just something about these guys. I and mean, their collars are blue and their necks are red. They've got no business being in the Christmas story. They're, they're, they're misfits, they're out of, they're, outliers. They, they shouldn't be there and, and that's why I love them. And, and when, when I was thinking about how much I love the shepherds in the story, I think about how many times on Christmas Eve I've preached out of this passage about what happened with the shepherds. About four or five years ago um, in a December, on a Friday, um, I was here at the church at work. And Fridays, most of our staff is off on Friday and so it's real quiet around here on Fridays. Not very many people here and so that Friday I thought, it's just a small handful of people here and it's kind of just quiet and subdued and we need some Christmas cheer. And I went, I've got a closet off of, my, off of my office and it's just filled with junk, it really is. So I went back there and got a bunch of stuff and I thought I need to just kind of infuse some Christmas spirit in our Friday here in this almost empty office. And so I did like this one man Christmas review. And I, I just kind of my own Christmas pageant. And, and this, is a, this is a picture of, uh, of, of, of me um, dressed, I, I just found everything I could find. I mean, some of it's from Tanzania, some of it's from Israel, some of it's from Bolivia. But I just put this together as a shepherd. Of course, the little, little guy in my, in my arms there is a, is a bunny rabbit, but that's all I had. But it was this thing, and I, and I love the shepherds, I love this story. So I did this one one-man one man pageant. What I found out in this last week is that I have roots with the shepherds. Last weekend, I went to see my mom uh, five days ago. I was with my mom, kind of an early Christmas present. Spent a few days with her. And my mom, a couple things about my mom. One, she's old. The other thing is she's very organized. And she's organized in, like, she has photo albums for every year. Every year, gets a new photo album. It's like real photos, not like digital. It's just, and they go back to the 60s. So I'm spending some time with my mom and Larry and a lot of, a lot of free time there in the senior center, so, uh, at their house, and, and so, I'm going through some of these photo albums, and I go back to when we first moved to Vancouver, Washington, 1970. And I'm going through, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, you know, and all that, going through that. and Oh, that was what we did for Halloween, oh, Thanksgiving. And then we get to Christmas, and I found this picture. And the first thing that struck me, because that's my dad, my dad, my brother and I. The thing that struck me, I did the math, My dad was 35 years old in this picture. Today, I'm 23 and a half years older than he was there. I thought, how was dad ever young and how did I get to be so old? And then it's my brother and I, and we're getting ready to be in the, in the church Christmas, children's Christmas pageant. My, my brother's there, he's a wise man. Of course, he has glasses. That helps you see the star from afar, that's why he was that. And I was there as a seven-year-old. I'm a shepherd. I'm like, no wonder I love the shepherds. From my childhood, I've been a part of the shepherds in the pageant. And then I realized why they had me as a shepherd. Because shepherds have no speaking parts in the Christmas play. <laughs> I mean, the shepherds in the Christmas pageant are the same thing as right field and t-ball, <laughs> which is where I played as well, where you can do the least amount of damage. And when you watch these children in the music, or the pageant and the shepherds come out in their bathrobes and all that stuff, and then it's wonderful, and there's just, it's just heartwarming, isn't it? It's just like, this so cozy and so sentimental, except it wasn't for the original shepherds. And this wasn't a heartwarming thing for them. These guys are, they work out here. This is another day at the office. They work in graveyard. They're out here like they've been for hundreds of nights before. Out there with the sheep and they're out there and this is like mundane day after day after day. They don't say, guys, we're the shepherds in the pageant. They don't know about the pageant. It hasn't happened yet. They're not saying, guys, this is the Christmas story. Don't you realize we're gonna be in the Bible and Bob's gonna be preaching about us in 2000 years. They don't know about that. They don't know the songs. They don't know the the, the pictures and the cards. They didn't see the intro video. They don't know that they're a part of that. There's not even really prophecies about the shepherds, so they're not sitting around wondering, are we gonna be the shepherds? None of that. It's completely unexpected. They're unaware. They're just at work, at night, just like they always are, just like their parents, their fathers were, and their grandfathers, and for generations had been in the fields and two very unusual, for us it's normal because we know the story, two very unusual and disturbing events take place. The first one is this, verse nine. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now again, we say, yeah, we, we know that. We, we love that part of the story. Because angels and Christmas and the whole thing, it goes all together for us. We have them on the top of our tree." They're hanging in their lights and they're out in the front yard and and these angels are on the Christmas cards and, and we sang like angel type songs and the songs about angels and all of that. But this isn't something that they're expecting. They've never seen an angel before. And all the years being shepherds, it's not like they say, you know every night, it doesn't happen every night, but every now and then we see an angel. No, they, they've never, they, the farthest thing from their mind is that an angel is gonna be in the field that night. Again, their dads didn't see angels, they were shepherds, their grandparents. A thousand years earlier, there was a young man named David who was a shepherd in those fields. None of them had ever seen an angel before. They're not expecting this. And suddenly, uninvited, unannounced, there's just an angel. But that's not the only thing that happens. Yeah, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, but it goes on, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. All my life i always thought, well, that's just kind of one event kind of lumped together. This guy shows up, he's like a glow guy. I mean, he's bright, and, and so there's all this glory of the Lord. No, no, There are two different things here. The angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. There's angels that have appeared to other people, but the glory of the Lord didn't shine around about them. The angel of the Lord appears to them, and then all of a sudden, bam! The glory of the Lord surrounds them. It's not just he's a bright guy and he's shining. It's like, man, everywhere they go, and, and, and it's middle of the night, their eyes have been, the pupils have been dilated. Now this goes on and they can't even see and they can't turn and get away from them because everywhere they go, the glory of the Lord is all the way around them. Remember, they've never seen a light before. They've never seen a spotlight before. All of this is going on. And you would imagine with these guys, who just work day after day in the fields, never really getting any kind of attention. It's kind of this mundane, run of the mill job. It's just kind of this what they do that this night is different. There's an angel and the glory of the Lord is around them. They don't even need a fire. You would think they'd be going, guys, this is so cool. Like this has never happened to us before. How great, I, this is amazing. Look, check this out, we don't even need the fire. Look at, how, look at this, and, and look at him. And the, no, it's not cool. It says, and they were terrified, terrified. Terrified, why would they be terrified? This isn't a, a heartwarming, sentimental event to them. They're scared. They're terrified that all of this is going on. And on top of that, they are shepherds watching their sheep. Sheep are timid animals, easily spooked. If you think the shepherds were terrified, what do you think happened to the sheep? A <laughs> bad idea. They are gone. I mean, All due respect to little Bo Peep, leave them alone and they will come home. You leave these guys alone, they're never coming back there. Not going to that field again. Listen, sheep don't shed, but I think there was some wool on the ground that night. (laughs) Jesus told a story about a man who has 100 sheep and 99 of them he has and one of them wandered off. That night, if they had 100 sheep, 99 are gone and one of them is there and the only reason that one's there is because the shepherd's holding on so tight, can't get away, but it would be gone if it could. So their sheep are gone, they're surrounded, they're terrified. I I love, some of you raised in church will remember this, I love the King James Version on this verse, where it says this. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I don't even know what that means, but that just sounds cool. They're so scared it hurts. They are sore afraid, I know, I know, that's not, the, okay. They're sore afraid. Now I'm fascinated with, with uh, etymology, you know, the, the, the origins of words. Sore is an archaic word. It's a word that we don't use. We use an abbreviation of it, so, like they are so afraid, but sore. And then I got curious, Besides it just being archaic in our language, I decided to pull a Pastor Kip. Those of you who are from Cornwall, you know Pastor Kip. He is our resident Greek geek. I don't know Greek, but I thought, I wanna know what's the Greek about sore? And what I found is that this this word that in most of our translations is is translated terrified or frightened or sore, afraid, is actually three Greek words. It's a phrase of three Greek words. Phobeo, phobos, megas. Now, nothing says Merry Christmas like speaking Greek, so let's do this together. I'm gonna say this, and you can repeat it after me, and then you you can impress your friends and family uh, tonight. Phobeo. Yeah, not Fabio and not Fabio, it's Phobeo. One more time, Phobeo. Phobos. Phobos. Megas. Megas. That's the word. Phobeo, Phobos, Megas. Phobeo comes from the root phobos, which is where we get our word Phobia. And megas is where we get our word mega. What that means, you could literally translate this they freaked with a mega freak. They weren't just startled, they weren't just rattled. These were freaking shepherds, literally. They freaked. With a mega freak. They're not just, ooh. I didn't see that coming. I mean, this is like heart pounding, breathtaking, knee shaking, change your shorts and pardon your French kind of fear. This really was scary. Here's what I find amazing. They were not afraid of the dark. They weren't afraid of the dark. But when the glory and the brightness of God's glory surrounded them, they were terrified. It wasn't the dark that scared them. And Why is that when an angel, a messenger from God in the glory of God, they're terrified? Well, think about this. Here's this messenger sent to them from God. That can't be good. And all this brightness reveals a whole lot about my own darkness. And in their thinking, the connection with God is this performance-oriented record-keeping, fear-based connection. And suddenly there's a messenger sent from God, and his goodness, his holiness, his righteousness, his glory is around them, and they're afraid. They know what they've done, they know what's on their record. They know where they haven't performed. When our oldest daughter was young, she had gone with her grandma, uh, to Hagen and Hagen, uh, the one, one of them had a, a Starbucks there and so grandma got a Starbucks uh, latte or whatever and, and they're gonna go do some shopping and, and Amanda was just a, a little little girl and she's pushing the cart and grandma, this is grandma's bad, but grandma put her coffee in that, I don't even know what it's called, it's that little area right by where you put your eggs so that nothing smashes them. I, I, is, that, is there a name for that? That area where the kids can sit and stuff. Yeah, so, so she puts her coffee there And so they're going and Amanda's pushing this cart and and she hits something in an aisle and the coffee spills over and she's all upset and and Grandma's like, oh honey, it's okay, it's all right. We know, you know, it's gonna be fine. It's just coffee, which you're fine with Grandmas on those kind of things. But when she got settled down, she stopped and in all sincerity, she looked up at Grandma Lois and she said, Grandma, Jesus and Santa both know that was an accident. (laughs) Because if they're keeping records... If it's performance based, I, I gotta make sure that that one gets expunged from my record because with Jesus and Santa, I mean, you know, and, and you gotta watch out and you, you better be careful and, and, and don't pout and, and don't cry and he knows, he sees, and he knows if you've been bad or good and, and, and listen, think about this. If just being a little bit moody and pouting, if just being a little bit crying gets you X'd off and canceled out of the deal, we're in trouble. I watched the Chevy commercial, I'm off, I'm cancel culture right there. But here's what's worse, is that I know myself, and I've done a whole lot worse than just pouting and crying. I know where I've failed. I know my missteps, I know my mistakes. I know the things I've said, the attitudes I've had, the actions I've done. And all that I, I kind of get by well, the shepherds were mega freaked. This is a scary thought. But what's so amazing is what the angel says to them and these four words that I want us to really hold on to. These four words. And the angel said unto them, that's right, you're busted. No, no, no. Me phobeo. Fear not. Freak not for behold, and there's another word we don't use. Behold, to look, to see, to perceive, to grasp. He says, I want you to behold something. I want you to grasp something. I want you to see this gift, this indescribable gift. I want you to perceive this new reality. I want you to be gripped by this message of Christmas that you don't have to live in fear anymore. That you can be free from the fear if you'll behold you'll see this, if you'll let it change your life. And I believe there is a direct correlation between our fear and what it is that we behold. What it is we fix our gaze on, what it is we focus on, what it is we concentrate, what it is we hold on to. Because some things that we behold are going to just drive up our fear. We're more afraid of the future, more scared of this, we're so scared of God, all these things, because we're beholding the wrong thing. He says, but if you'll behold this, the fear goes away. And then this angel just, he like, he just kinda teases them, he builds it up, like okay, so what is it we're beholding? And then he begins to tell them a little bit more about it. He says this, he says, "Um, the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all the people, okay, get to it, no, 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 you behold this, it's good news. It's not bad news. It's not old news, not fake news. It's good news. I love what Timothy Keller says. It's not good advice, it's good news. Good advice says, you should do this. Good news says, let me tell you what's been done for you. It's good news of great joy. You know what the Greek word for great there is? Megas. He said, you have been in mega fear you behold this, you're gonna find mega joy instead. And it will be for all the people, even shepherds, even people who know their records, even people who know, not jokingly, but know, they're on the naughty list. He says, this is good news of great joy. You behold this, no matter who you are, your fear can go away. For those who deserve this the least, and need it the most is even greater joy and even better news. And he says, let me tell you what this news is. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Yes, you're on the naughty list. Yes, I see the mess. I know the failures. I understand the sins. I get all the guilt and shame. That's why I came. Because I saw that there would be nothing that you could do to fix that. So I give this indescribable gift of a savior that brings incredible joy. and Takes that fear away. How about this in John chapter three verse 17 where it says, for God did not send his son into the world To condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Not because you deserve it, not because you earned it. It's not a result of anything you did. It's not a reward for anything you did. It's the remedy for all the stuff we've done. It's the forgiveness. It's the savior. It's the grace. It's the new life that we can have. Good news, of great joy. He says, behold that. Mic drop. Now if we just stop there, that in and of itself would be enough to warrant a 2,000 year long party of people gathering to celebrate this, that those of us who live in fear and live in darkness don't have to fear anymore, because there's good news of great joy for people like us, because a Savior, but he says there's even more, because yes, he is a Savior. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord, the Lord. Now, I don't have time and I won't go into all of what this means, the Lord. But it's the mighty God. It's the creator God. It's the God who controls the world. And all the things that cause us fear about today and tomorrow and the future, he says, you can fear not if you'll behold this one. This God who is your savior could be your Lord. You behold that, you fix your eyes on that, you be gripped by that, and the fear goes away. You see, Christmas and the shepherd's story is way more than just a pleasant story. And for you, you might be saying, well, yeah, I think it's just pleasant, it's kind of inspiring, all that. It's so much more than that. It is this powerful, profound truth And it's a personal reality. And this is why for 2,000 years, people have not only celebrated, but worshiped this one who was born. Because they found that profound reality in their lives. They no longer have to fear a God who judges because a Savior has been born to them. They no longer have to worry about walking through this life alone because there's this Emmanuel God with them each day. And they don't have to live in fear about tomorrow and the future because he is the Lord, a mighty God. In John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Fear not. Behold. You know, if that's not a personal reality for you, then this is the greatest gift you could ever receive. And I want to take just a minute and give you that opportunity uh, before we leave today. And I ask that you just bow your heads. Just, Just be quiet. And if you want that to be more than just a story, more than just a truth, but a profound reality, it's about having Christ be a part of your life that, that old Christmas carol, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today to receive this great indescribable gift. And if you want to right now, just nothing magical about these words, but pray this or something like this. It's the position, the posture of your heart. Jesus, thank you for being the indescribable gift. Thank you for being not only the savior of the world. Today, I want you to be the savior of my life. I want you to take my sin, my shame, my guilt and forgive me and to walk with me through life and to be my Lord, the mighty God of my life. So I want to walk with you, live in your presence and have this Christmas reality be my reality. So I invite you to be a part of my life and to lead me and to guide me. I pray this in your name. Amen.